Yes, welcome back to the Bowling Boys podcast. I'm your host, Sam Nicola. Today, we're looking back at yet another European adventure as we came away with a draw in Genk on Thursday. Another brilliant home win as we defeated Liverpool on Sunday. And we'll give you some breaking news that came out of the club today. Joining me, original member of the Bowling Boys nowadays, Russell Arley's here. And from Twitter, Alfie Johnson 7, also known as Boris Johnson. Cool, you ones. Yes, welcome back to the Bowling Boys podcast. As you know already, we are joined by legendary Sunday League goalkeeper, one of our very finest, Russell Harley's back with us. Russell, how are you? All good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, no, well, a bit tough few days lately, personally. That's why the pod's been here and there, not been very active on it lately, but... Um, yeah, I'm back. Hopefully, uh, we can we can get a good one tonight. But yeah, not bad. What's uh, what's going on in the front room? Mrs. watching uh, TV. I think <laughs> not much ever happened in that front room, mate. <laughs> well, right, let's move on from you because the voice gets out of hand. Uh, joining us as well from Twitter, as you know, if you want to come on the pod, all you've got to do is DM us, and this is exactly what Alfie Johnson Seven done, also known as Boris. Yep. Now, Alpha, you're sitting there. Uh, obviously, we, we, we're doing this over Zoom. Russell's already said it before we came on, but he slightly looks like the Prime Minister. Yeah, that's how the whole that whole <laughs> name came about. That was my nickname through school due to the resemblance. Hence <laughs> <of him. laughs> why. So, so tonight, the boys are joined by Boris Johnson and the Sunday League cat, Russell Harley. Yeah, Alfie's giving me a nod. He, yeah. he confirms it. Boris Johnson is on the Bowling Boys podcast tonight. Right, happy days, Boris. How are you getting on? How have you been? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Loving the West Ham shirt, by the way. Thank you. Looking very good. Boris Johnson for PM and all that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'm going to get stuck in straight away. You boys, especially you, uh, Boris, you've got to take me back to Thursday night because... I was out in Vienna, not Vienna, there you go. I was out in Belgium even. <laughs> good start. Yeah, good start over in Genk. And um, just like my memory tonight, I was uh, not got much of one because I've slightly had one or two too many beers as it was my birthday as well, celebrating my 31st. So uh, not quite the result we wanted, but I'll take I'll take a, a draw away from home. Still unbeaten in Europe. Um like, like I say, I, I genuinely can't remember too much of the game, but from what I've got in my head, we wasn't particularly great on the night, uh, especially the first half. I don't remember us doing too much, but I thought we came out well in the second half. And if I remember rightly, he made some like really positive changes as well. Um, Declan played another 90, which we would have probably preferred him not to, um, but like needs must and all that. And, and for me, Eventually, when the game was over, it was a very good point in the end. Really gutted, like, to concede the way we did with Sarcek is uh, slightly disappointing. But, yeah, like, for me, a massive point away from home. And I think people need to realise and understand Europe never is and never will be a walk in the park. Um, and especially for a team like us who, have, like, you've got to be honest about it, we're, we're new to it all. Um, but, uh, Alfie, you, you watched the game. What did yeah. you make? Yeah, as as you said, we started a bit shaky, 
didn't start too great. First half an hour mainly we weren't um, at our best as we have been in other games. But you can tell. I think you can tell that Moyes kind of got into him at half time and just told him it weren't good enough. Came out like a complete different team. How have you been playing before? And some of the changes we, some of the subs we made did make like improve. Improve us. We made some positive changes, and that helped with the performance in the second half. As you said, unfortunate to concede so late on in the way that we did as well. Just unfortunate on Suchek. It's one of those ones where he's got to get something on it. I think because if he leaves, he'll get criticised. That uh, yeah, so he had to he had to do something. It's just unfortunate that that's where it ended up. Yeah, and it happened to that man as well. Um, Unfortunately, like who's been a revelation only since he since he signed for us. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just laughing. Russell's, Russell's got um before you come in there. Russell's got something going on in the background. But Russ, what what did uh what did you see in a game against Genk and uh, and what was your opinion on it? Um, I literally made well, what I saw. Look, look, listen, if Emma wants to to come in and tell us her opinion. <laughs> M says she's not ready for the pod yet. Right, <laughs> <laughs> go on. Talk to me. What was your thoughts on Thursday? Um, I think it was... I was disappointed with the way we started when I, like, see that we conceded in four minutes. And I think... Um, I think we went for a high press like we did in the home game um, to start off with. And that's the reason why we got caught out for the first goal because, like, our back line was extremely high and that geezer was rapid. But I think... Overall, looking at the performance, like we battled back, we're two one up, and it was a freak of an own goal that's gone in, which can happen at any point. But still, a decent point. We've qualified for the latter stages, which is the main thing. And in the last two games, if we take at least one point or two points, I think it is, it guarantees us uh, guarantees us the last sixteen place. So, what more could you want? Getting the job done with two games to spare, more or less, which was the target of being in Europe after Christmas. So, um, in terms of performance, yeah, not the best performance, but we didn't get beaten. And I think that's the mentality of the side that Moyes has created, um, that if we're not going to play well, we could still get a result. And that's evident. And, I mean, the fact is that we went there, difficult place away from home, Genk. They've got a decent home record, even though they've been struggling. I think um, they've just won 6-0 and 6-2 or something. They've just banged in 12 goals. Yeah, 12 goals in two games. Yeah. So they've obviously got goals in them. I mean, I think um, Ariola made a cracking save um, to stop us going 2 0 down. Um, but other than that, mate, I don't remember them apart from their goals really peppering us too much in the second half. Um, yeah, no, well, I think like like Alfie said as well, um, it, it, in the second half, that like I think it was a bit of chalk and cheese, weren't it? Like we really made. But the changes he made as well, we really made a difference. Um, one thing, like on the performances, barring uh, Sunday against Liverpool, I think that the change in the team is we're now, we're now becoming that type of team as well, which impresses me the most, where I don't think we're particularly playing well, but we're still getting results. Yeah. Like, even though we beat Villa 4-1, I said it on last week's podcast. I actually don't think we played well. Um, I think this, this, well, you could say the sending off felt, but even at 2 1 with 10 men, I thought they 
that I've laid at the bar. Fabianski pulled off a great save. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about that game too much, but just in general, the performances I'm getting at, and we're still getting these results. Like, no. for me to think we played bad and you've still won 4 1, and then you've not had a great performance again and come away with a 2 2 draw when nine times out of 10 we would have held on to that. Yeah. And I mean, then that performance on like where Sunday, I thought we turned it around and we played really well, well again. So to be having these bad performances and still um, coming away with results, I think that shows the turnaround in type of side. Well, let, let's let, let's be, let's be fair. Like we've uh, there's two games that point out to me where I don't think we played particularly well. We've not been beaten either of them, and that was Southampton away. I thought we were very poor that day, but didn't Awful. concede a goal, didn't get beat. Massive. Uh, Villa, I don't think we played well, but got a four-one win. Who gets a four-one win not playing well? That's that's ridiculous. The game, the two, we were. Li- if you think about, it, we've literally the two games we have lost this season have been lost in the ninety-fourth minute, both games after playing Europa games on Thursday night. Otherwise, we're sitting here talking about us being a point off Chelsea. I and mean, as a West Ham fan, that's ridiculous to think we could be going. We 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 could have been like. I know it's all could and shoulds, but like Brentford scoring the last kick of the game, Man United, we missed a penalty last kick of the game against Man United. Them two moments and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, well, after 11 games, West Ham haven't been beaten. <laughs> but that, that's, all, that's all swings around. But that's, that's, that's a ridiculous fault. I know it's not, it's, we, we, we did get beaten in games and let's be honest, Brentford probably did deserve a point, if not a bit more, on the way they played in the first half. But second half, we're brilliant against them. But... At the end of the day, just the fact that you're sitting there saying we've only lost two games out of the first 11, that is a joke. And we've played Spurs, we've played Liverpool, we've played a lot of good sides. Well, I was just going to comment on that. And again, it's a slightly off subject there. I mean, we've moved away from the Genk, the Genk match now. I think we, we all know sort of uh, how that went. And just if anyone wants to know what the experience was like, it was unbelievable. It was so much better than Zagreb. Uh, apparently, it kicked off outside the ground. I, I, I was already inside by then, um, but like we went to a boozer before and that was brilliant. Apparently, there were so many more fans there. We went with a couple of boys that couldn't get tickets. They said the pub got double rammed. And it was just, honestly, it was brilliant. I just remember uh, coming out of the ground just singing, we're on our way to Sevilla. Um, and it was just honestly <laughs> buzzing. Um, but so, yeah, where I was going to move on to now. Couldn't quite put your finger on it, could you, Sam? <laughs> Where I was going to move on to there is um what you said about the teams in that world. Well, the next, so we played what well, we played eleven now, didn't we? Our next one of games are going to see us play a lot of the teams that are actually in the top half of the table. So I think, I mean, it's obvious, ain't it? And it, it, it only time will tell. But the next eight games, and once we finally played half of the season, half of the teams in the league. That is when I don't know why, but just as a West Ham fan, you're always waiting for something to go wrong, and it's been 18 months, so I'm not used to it basically. So now I'm thinking, uh, are we going to come unstuck at some point? But then we go and beat Liverpool and put in that performance again. But I'm still waiting. I think there was a who were the last four games you had was it Everton, Tottenham, Liverpool, and Villa. On any other day, we probably could have lost all four. And then instead we've come out with twelve points. So I mean, it's just an incredible journey. Um, yeah, I just I think it's credit to Moyes really because the West Ham of old would have lost at least two or three of those games. 
the way boys got us out now. I, I personally, I, I used to be worried when we come up against City and Liverpool. I'm not too worried about playing them now because even if we don't win, I think we're going to put up a great performance and we're still going to give them a, give them a game. We're tough to beat now. I think that's the number one thing Moyes has done to us is made us tough to beat. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I would, I, yeah. I, Oh yeah, sorry. It's just yeah. I just think he's come more has come in second time round through every single fan wrong. To be honest, because I think we can all agree that when he first got appointed second time round, most fans weren't too pleased with it. But oh, was he's it? come in. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I was wasn't happy with it. But then he's come in and obviously made us into this team where we're actually teams are worried to play us now. I never thought I'd say those words in my life. Yeah, see, do you know what? That's what I can't. <laughs> I don't know if it's because we're West Ham fans, but I when we when we go into these games, so like genuinely, like being serious now. If we were to talk to a Tottenham fan, I don't know if they look at that cup quarter final and think, "Fuck's sake, we're, like we got drawn against West Ham." Like I think they still look at themselves as this like very big bollocks and all that, and they reckon they'll just turn us over at home. Where you listen to the media. And they come across as if that's a really tough game for them there. And I think it'll be a tough game. But you've still got that... I've still got that thing where you think, if we win, it will be like the underdog type story. That's personally what I still think about it. Because I don't... It's only been 18 months. If it's been two, three, four seasons, then you start building that reputation of like, we're here now, we're solid. But where it hasn't been that length of time, I feel like we're still working uh, towards that way. But um, Russell, what's your what's your take on that sort of? Well, mate, you're going to let's be, let's let's be honest. Tottenham are still a big club. They've got good players, which I hate to admit. But because I I, I hate Harry Kane in a Spurs shirt, but I absolutely love him for England. Yeah, I think like everyone. Yeah, my my main thing is is eventually he's going to come. This whole Conte factor is. At the minute, you can't polish a turd, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and let's be fair. What a way to describe it. That's fantastic. You can't polish a turd, and they've got a lot of crap at the minute in their side. I mean, the fact Eric Dyer still gets 90 minutes is beyond me. Um, they're, they're a club in decline. They're gonna, they're just like Man United, they're going to have to start rebuilding again from scratch. It ain't going to happen overnight. I mean, how many years has it taken West Ham to get right? I mean, we used to... I mean, that Pellegrini thing we all were ecstatic when he come in and it was an absolute shit show yeah it's um it's it's just one of them you can't you can't polish a turd but Conte's gonna get it Conte's gonna get it right at some stage I just hope he don't get it right when he plays us and I mean it's always gonna be a big result for us going to their backyard and doing them over yeah. regardless um Tottenham should not lose to West Ham at Tottenham but we do seem to. Have, I, I keep saying it like them and Leicester. I think we've got a bit of a blip on them at the minute. Um, and these are two sides that got a lot of praise. And like Alfie just mentioned, when are West Ham going to start to get the actual praise that Brendan, Moy, especially Moyes as well, going to get the start praise that Brendan Rodgers has been getting at Leicester? My point of this: Do you think Tottenham fans looked at that draw? Oh fuck's sake! Yeah, but I also think, I, I do think that, because I, I think they're like, oh, no, we don't want to get turned over by these again. But I do think West Ham fans looked at it and thought, 
I'd have preferred someone else than no, yeah, Tottenham. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I want to know what other fans are thinking of us now. Like, do you think when, even when we go to Wolves, like, I'm still looking at Wolves thinking this could be a tricky game. Do you think we're going away to Wolves and Wolves fans are now looking at us thinking off? Oh, yeah, million percent. Mate, who, who, who in the right mind would want to play us at the minute? When Pep Guardiola... That's, what, that's what, this is what I'm saying. I can't get that into my head. I can't get people looking at us thinking, oh, sod that. When Pep turned around and said, like, we're thinking months ago, when they Pep turned around and said the hardest game we had last season was when West Ham played us at, uh, at home, at their place, and we lost 2-1 to them. He said that was the hardest game they played. And when that's coming from him, who's created such a monster team, as he's got there, that is probably the highest praise you're going to get. And then also, in the, when we beat him in the cup, he was full of praise for us as well, Moyes and how we're yeah. set up as well. Exactly yeah. that. Completely unlike the man who uh, Moyes got another dub over on Sunday. Russell's <laughs> 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 dogs getting mad. Um, but no, unlike... Um, yeah, unlike... Sorry, gone. The fish and chips just turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Russell knows how to ruin the podcast. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right, man. Oh, you're all right. You're all right. I'm only joking. Um, listen, no, but we'll move on to Sunday. Um, and Jurgen Klopp, Alfie, what you were just saying there about Pep Guardiola, um, and, and he's praised. Well, Jurgen Klopp was someone who didn't seem to be able to praise us, so. What what like what did you make of Sunday's game then in comparison to Genk? Yeah, again, it's just one of those things where we still somehow managed to grind out results despite it not being our greatest performance. I think in patches we looked quite good. We went one nil up, went slightly defensive in my opinion. They equalised and then we started coming out again. And then after they scored their first, we quite looked very good. I think we could have had a few more. Um, obviously Antonio was through on goal he's just his touch let him down he had a couple yeah. of chances that Van Dijk helped him but yeah they didn't look they didn't they didn't look like Liverpool of other seasons past seasons they didn't again, much we're, not, we're not playing like West Ham of old either to be fair yeah so it's probably like yeah it works both ways but I think what you're trying to get there is well, they haven't got the same penetration as what they had. I don't know, maybe was it two years ago when they when they won the league? Like they was constantly at you. But I think when Mills is Mills, when Moyes has got us so drilled, we're hard to break down and we're hard to break through the lines. And I thought that's what they really struggled to do on Sunday. Like we just look, like I said earlier, we look so hard to beat now. And I thought the way Klopp just moaned again on Sunday. I mean, it's, it's getting quite boring. Um, hearing what he's got to say, really. Because, I, I, like I say, uh, I don't think we've been playing very well lately. But on Sunday, I thought the team were brilliant. Um, one standout for me, one of my favourite moments from the game, or maybe not the game, but from the match overall, is for the first time in a long, long time, I didn't think uh, Declan Rice stood out. And by what I mean by that is that everyone else actually played at a level as well, rather than normally you've got... He normally Declan's head and shoulders above everyone, and you can see that. But I felt on Sunday, everyone was as good as him. Um, and and, he, and for once, he didn't... For once, he didn't stand out for once. And for me, that, that just makes such a big difference to our team. And when... 
I put the question out last week, if we were to lose Declan Rice, would we be able to cope with it? And I think Sunday showed that, of course, it'll be a huge, huge loss if that was to ever happen. But like Villa can't cope with losing Grealish, I think we'd cope a lot better if we were to lose Rice. And I think Sunday proved that. But um, Russell, what was your take on the game? Uh, mate, I thought we were absolutely superb and we've done a job on Liverpool. Um, let's be honest, Liverpool have not been battered from set pieces like that before. And you could tell that Klopp was a bit rattled, the fact that he brought Matip back into the team um, because he had played that. It was it Konati or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. And he he's a monster. But like aerial ability-wise, I think Klopp was a bit rattled before the start. And I think West Ham thought, if we start dangling balls on the six-yard box, let's target Allison. He doesn't usually get tested. And he was rattled. The first corner under his bar, and he just couldn't deal with it. Um, which I, I don't like seeing. Obviously, goalkeepers make mistakes. But actually, no, I don't care because he's a scarce. He's placed with the scarcest. So I don't give, I don't give a rat's ass, actually. We've we done a number on them. I, I don't care. Like You say was about... Little, was it a foul on Allison? No, no he's, he's just not strong enough. He's been a bit... No, no GK Union, Russ? Not on that one, mate. If it, if it, if Antonio had put an elbow up or a Bonner had done it, a Bonner was jumping, standing still. It's not like anyone jumped into him. The geezer just didn't get off the floor rather than a blooming centimetre, for Christ's sake, and flapped at it like Flappiansky of old. I say he just, he just missed the ball and then went down hoping to get the free kick because he knew he'd messed up. Well, it was a Brazilian Roberto, weren't it? Let's be fair, he punched the ball in his own bloody net. It's a total. It, it was total. I like. I, I like Allison. I do think Allison's ability is the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. And I, I, I love Edison. I love Allison. Allison, but Allison is a complete package for a goalkeeper. However, let's let's be fair. He just he had a he had a bad day at the office, and West Ham exploited it. That's what good teams do. They see a weakness, and you exploit a weakness in a team. And I think what we were saying, Sam, you mentioned the high press of Liverpool, and the problem is now. Liverpool went into that game thinking if they play a high press against West Ham, they've got two good ball-playing centre-mids in Declan Rice and Suchet. That could have easily backfired because that would have left them open to a counter-attack, which is what West Ham have been were excellent at a way to Villa and attacking at pace. And it showed with the full nails goal when they were actually pressing for to make it sort of 2-1 to them to get that second goal. They got caught out by West Ham. And it was a quick bit of football pushing forward and we carved them apart and then they never really recovered from that. Well, talking all. about that second goal, like, like I said earlier, like for me, as anyone who listens to a pod will know, I'm Declan Rice's number one fan. Um, but I, it's my man and match on Sunday. I, I would actually give it to Bowen. I just, I don't know, I just thought he'd done, he done all the hard graft um, he, backwards, and, backwards and forwards. And that second goal, I just thought... I mean, if it was Messi running through the middle of the pitch, like that, drawing three, four, I think five players in the end towards him, and then he created that space for four hours, and then he's played, uh, he's played the perfect pass as well. I think he's raving, but because he's Jared Bowen, he don't even get an England bloody call up. But for me, he's full lately, and the way he played Sunday, especially the way he played Sunday, just he does so much. He got the assist for the presumer as well. Yeah, he's just he's just brilliant. But God, Alfie, who, who was your best player on Sunday? Um, someone who who's grown on me a lot. I wasn't their biggest fan, Pablo Fornells. I thought he started very well. I thought he played quite Unreal. a good game. 
I thought, and I, yeah, I'll admit I wasn't the biggest fan of him last, especially last year. But he has grown on me a, a lot, and I think yeah, he's, he works so hard, and he's, he, I think he has improved as well. Technically, he gives the, I think he gives the ball away a lot less. Why was a fan stuff. of you? Because you're not the first person to say that, and I, I've genuinely always, I started a fan club on Twitter about three years ago called the Pablo Fornells Fan Club. <laughs> Tweet it, it's still on there. No one ever joined it. Slightly disappointed, but I've got a got a bit of an opinion about it now. But I've, I've always liked it. Muscle knows about it. <laughs> Alfie, tell me why people haven't rated him. Um, well, obviously, I thought this is just my opinion. It's just he, he, I think he started off a bit like Ben Rahm. He kind of gave the ball away at times quite easily. When in the final third, he made the wrong passes quite quite regularly. Which he had again. He's improved in all these things. He's always had, but one thing I can always credit him on. He's always had the work rate where he's always gonna. Like, as, yeah, as a West Ham fan, though, especially two, three years ago, is that not all you ever wanted from someone? Yeah, but I, I think, think with four hours, but now, I don't think he was as bad as what you said. But he's always had the, the work. I mean, bloody hell, Carlton Cole's a legend for fuck's sake. I mean, if he's a legend, surely Pablo should have been from day one. But they've got to carry on. Yeah, it's just that, yeah, I think he's one of those players that you can kind of see he's got it. You can see he got a bit of ability, but you just, there was just something that wasn't clicking for him. So you can see it was just frustrating that he couldn't pull off the magic, but you could see he does have, but he struggled to find that. Did you see like, any of him at Villarreal? No. He was there. Just go, go, on, go on YouTube, just in case, if there's anyone, not, not necessarily you, but if there's anyone out there, who still doubts Pablo Fornells and what he can or can't do on a football? Just YouTube is uh, Villarreal days, and that guy's a serious baller. And I, th- I think Moyes, and, and what you're going on about as well, I actually think Moyes has took that away from him. Um, how good he is in the ball, and by but by, by doing that, he's probably made him more of an all-round player um, because now he just he's he's got a lot. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, like, like, like I've always been a fan, but he does do a lot there. But um, Russell, who, who was your standout performer on the oh, weekend? Mate. I'm gonna go for. I think you're right. I think I think you're both pretty much spot on. I think Bowen and Full Nails were shoulders, but like, I think just the whole round, it was a great team performance. Mm, yeah, that Let's let's be fair. What Moyes has drummed in, I think, what we've had in the past at West Ham is we've had a lot of players that are so so called superstar players, but they won't run into the ground for the shirt. I think what we've developed now is we've got seven, eight, maybe we could call it eleven individuals now that will run into the ground for the club. And I think that we're starting to see. Do you know what? I'm I'll, actually I'll, I'll throw a third name into the hat. I'm gonna Ben Johnson. I thought was excellent. Yeah, I thought again. I thought against the likes of. Let's be fair, Liverpool, Andy Robinson, uh, Andy Ro- Andy Robertson, Andy Roberts, <laughs> Andy Robertson has made a career the last like four or five years of bombing up that left side. He had to deal with Mane and Robertson, like, yeah. and he was fantastic. Like, he he generally has. Kufal for me was our best player last season, and he's keeping him out the side, and that's that's a testament to how well he's playing. Yeah, I think and for a while yeah. he's good. He's, I think Sufal's going to struggle to get back into the squad for a while if he keeps this up as well. Well, Moyes has shown that, ain't he? I mean, he hasn't. I, I said a few weeks ago on the pod, I said he he should bring Kufal back in, and then Johnson had a couple more games, and he just continued the, the way the way he was. He's he has literally come on leaps and bounds within 
such a short period. Like, I always thought he was half decent last year, but you could see he was still really like rough around the edges and he weren't quite quite ready. And yeah. again, it's probably just another lesson taught by Moyes that sometimes maybe when we was calling for him to come in, he he, he left him out and he, he took his... Like, so many people say it's all about timing, didn't they, uh, when it comes to being a footballer. And Johnson got his time to shine and fuck me, he's... Like you said, like you was uh, going towards it, Russ, the whole team. I mean, like, shout out, well, I could shout people out, but Creswell is someone I think deserves one. He's just been phenomenal. Like, the last few, especially the last few weeks, he, he's just been outstanding. All the boys at the back have. Um, talking about the boys at the back, I want to move on to Ogbonna um, and the injury he unfortunately sustained. He's going to be out. We don't know for how long because that second scan ain't come back, which they're waiting for. But we know it's probably going to be a while. Us boys were talking about it off off the pod. A lot of people say he's going to be out for the season. He's 33, 34. That's probably going to be him done and things like that. Um, I've done the ACL before and I've completely torn it, Russ, as you know. And I literally couldn't walk after. Ogbonna walked off the pitch, came back on to try and play and then went back off, if I'm right. Uh, so that tells me it probably isn't torn um, and it could quite possibly be a grade one, which is just a slight tear of it, in which case he, he could possibly be back within the new year. Um, but if he isn't going to be back, Craig Dawson came on on Sunday and just like last year, I, I think he had that little spell, didn't he, towards the end of last season. Mm-hmm. He had three or four games, he scored on goal, I think got sent off. He had them little games. But other than that, he was solid. And he, he just picked up where he left off. Zuma come in, dropped. He didn't get dropped straight away. I think he played one game, got dropped. He hasn't moaned. He's been big dogs. Virgil van Dalton got on with it, got his head down, back in the team. And now he's got his chance to show everyone what he's, what he's about again. But... Alfie, what did you make of Dawson on Sunday when he come on? And do you think he'll be a reliable replacement? Well, I think not just on Sunday, but whenever he's kind of been called upon this year, when we played him in Europe, cup games and stuff, he's done a solid job. And as you said, he's not, he's never moaned about being dropped, which I think just, again, that's with our squad. None of them moan if they don't start or don't play. They just try and work earn their way back into the team when they when they do get their minutes. So like Sue Fowry is not really moaning that he's not playing at the moment, even though he's back from injury. Um, but yeah, I think Dawson, yeah, I think he can. I think we might, we'll probably switch Dawson and Diop together because I think Diop and Zuma did actually make an all right partnership in the couple of games they have played together from what I've seen. I think Diop, both being French, they could, Diop could learn a bit from Zuma as well. Yeah. For sure, Russell. Have you got any um got any more to add on on the Bonner injury? The I think I, I think it's one of them, mate. Where if there is ever ch- a chance Diop was going to do something or he was going to prove he's the future, and once Oggs, as obviously playing time gets decreased, now's the time for him to really step up. So yeah, if Diop's going to um have any chance of forging himself as a long term West Ham centre half. Now's the time. Um, he's been, he's been a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, now's, now's the time. He's getting his chance. It's all about seizing your opportunity. Um, but obviously, if he's not up to the challenge, we know 
big dogs is uh, reliable, and that that so, is really. Sorry, do you think Moyes is going to go with Diop then? No, I think he'll go with Dawson. I think he'll play it safe. But I think if Diop's ever going to push the push to start, now's his chance. If he's ever go, if he's got anything about him, I'd like to see I'd like to see Diop push. But the problem with Diop is he is when he has played, he is occasionally unreliable. If we get the Diop that played against Man United when we beat him three one, who was an absolute monster, then I've got no issues whatsoever. But that's the problem. He's so inconsistent. He's had a bit. He's been a bit better since he's been playing in Europa League, but he hasn't really been tested. Because the teams we've played, Zagreb were. I thought Zagreb away were going to be a tough cookie, but we were excellent that day. But the other ones, he hasn't really been tested. Now you're asking him to come like, come in against the next few weeks. He said we've got Man City away, teams like that. It's going to be difficult to pick up the pace. Whereas I think Dawson, he's Mister Reliable. Like I hate saying it because I, I didn't want him, didn't want to sign him when he first come in. But he is Mr. Reliable. He, whenever he plays, he's a solid 7 out of 10. I've no, I don't apart- think the other, you're the only one that thought that either. I think a lot of fans had the, the same thought process as you when he signed. Mate, I was that much against it that I left it till game 38 to praise him. And I, 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 he was playing well and I was still going, he's still shit. You're, and you're after- the that blamed him for uh, us not getting in the Champions League, right? Uh, I, turned, I turned around and said he shouldn't have got turned by Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> <laughs> He got he got sent off and then scored a OG. I said, Jesus cost us Champions League for Christ's sake." No, I'm joking. I just I just didn't want to sign him, but he's proved me completely wrong. in at two million, like, I, right. it's, well, it's November the twentieth. We're Wolves away. Who's your Who's your back to? Oh, I, see, part of me, I hope Moyes sticks to a back two. Part of me thinks he could go for a back three. I don't think we'll change it. I think he trusts the team now. Good. You can see that in his performance. Do you know, last year I had a big, um, I had a big thing about Moyes against the top six, and that he never released us. He never let us play. That has completely gone. Look at the way he was on Sunday. Yeah, I we agree. Attacking, we was attacking four or five minutes at some stages. That last season was never happening. And again, believe it or not, maybe Moyes was right to hold back and then trust him this year, but. We're doing what I wanted us to do, and we're seeing the results as well this year. Yeah, I, I, I felt the same. Like I thought against previously, we'd never go for it against the big teams, even no matter how well we're playing at the time. Yeah. Building up, never we'd never go for it. But against Liverpool, even against City, I think we went for it as well. I don't mind us keeping shape and sitting back and having to defend your box. Sometimes, well, against these teams, you've got to do that because they're well class, but. We never in the past gave ourselves that opportunity on the break like we did on Sunday. Um, like that poor now is a classic example. Bowen would have won that ball and then that was it. Bowen would have been on his own. Where um, on Sunday, I think, was it Dawson or Rice? They won the ball between them. And then all of a sudden, they got four men up the halfway line. And it sets Liverpool back there and we're further up the pitch. And I don't know, listen... Oh, I'm not David Moyes. I'm I'm not right all the time. Maybe a lot of the time, but I, I've probably got this one right. We should attack a bit more. <laughs> but um, no, anyway, the brilliant win um, the other day. But Russell, you ain't getting out of the question. Who's your back pairing when we go to Wolves? It's going to be Dawes and um, Zuma. Although I'd like to see Zuma and Diop. I know Moyes is going for Dawes and Zuma. Yeah, Dawes. Yeah. 
big fridge door. The <laughs> <laughs> big American fridge door. Absolute solid at the back. Alfie, who's your pairing for the game against Wolves? Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think it'll be Dawson. But I'm, I'll have no complaints if, for either Dawson or Diop. Whoever comes in, I trust them. I trust Moyes to make the right choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big blow losing Ogbonna. He's, he's been brilliant. And since he's been with us, the one problem I had with him was I thought he always lacked consistency. Um, but again, over these last 18 months and now, I think that's been the big turnaround. Like they've always had that quality, but they're now showing the consistency. And, and with that comes the results and the confidence. And you can see what it's doing to us now. So it, it will, I think it will be a loss, but it's the one position if we could afford an injury, it probably was centre back. If we lose Antonio, um, that's game over. If we were to lose one of Rice or Socek, I'm not seeing enough of Crow um, to say he could come and step straight in. I love Noble, but he sort of seems a, a little bit resigned to the bench, unfortunately, um, at the minute. So centre-back was the one position we probably could have um, lost someone in. And I think you two, you both spot on. I think Moyes will probably he'll trust in Dawson. Um, and maybe the op might be able to force his way into the team with Zuma. Like, you can see they've got a good friendship and all that. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, if, um, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, if, if it turns out that Ogbon is out for the season, do you, do you reckon we'll replace in January or we'll look to someone like Baptiste to come in onto the bench and cut mm. games? Well, I mean, with my opinion on that is with the amount of people we've got there, like I just said, um, if we was going to lose someone, it'd probably be in that position where we're quite comfortable. So I would, it's, it's a great point you've just brought up, actually. I, I'd like to see, um, the, the, like, is it Baptiste and is it Elise, Elise say, the, the other young boy as well? I'd like to see them boys maybe given a chance, especially come uh, Zagreb in December, when hopefully we've secured the top spot by then. Um, yeah. And I'd be looking to spend money elsewhere. Uh, Russell, what's your take on Alfie's question now? I think if we see any bit of business, mate, it'll be a loan with an option to buy at the end of the season. If we see oh, anyone coming, there we go again. Well, even with Krasinski involved now. Yeah, mate, I, I can see because <laughs> I think I think the thing is though, like you don't want to go and like even with a Suchek deal, we weren't sure how that was going to work out. So we got a loan with an option to buy, and it was it's worked out for us each time. Um, so I, I can I can see that coming across because the Premier League. Let's be fair, we made the mistake before bringing in people for big amounts of money and it's not worked out and I mean that, that, was, an under, under, that was an under David Moyes I, I know it wasn't which is why I think it's like he's sort of saying he's bringing in players and saying well you've got to work for the shirt now um, I, I would like to see us give a chance to youth um, I, I really would but a long stretch I mean as you said he's got um, big doors Diop we don't know how long Ogbonna's injury is going to be I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure Kufal could do a job if he had to. He's a bit of a beast, that geezer. So, I mean, worst case, that's worst case scenario, obviously, in case we got another injury. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I think in the one you're, you're spot on in the one department where we could probably risk losing a player, it would be there. Um, yeah. If it was if it was Antonio, I'd be absolutely cacking myself. Alfie, what, it was your question. What would you be doing? Yeah, I'd like to see someone like because 
from what I've been seeing, Baptiste's been doing very well in the under 23, so wouldn't mind seeing him come in. And as you said, if we've already topped the group by then, I don't think it would hurt to give him a game to see what he's about and see how he copes in the first team. Yeah, definitely. So I think, yeah, we've all got our eyes on probably spending a bit of money in January, but probably, hopefully, on bringing Lingard back. If not, at least someone who could be a bit more of an attacking threat up front. Um, just a bit of news from today. I think everyone see the takeover. Uh, was it? I can't pronounce his bloody surname. Daniel Kratinsky, is it? Krasinski or whatever it is. Yeah, something so along I, that I line. can't help with that. <laughs> uh, another another Czech fellow though. Um, he's obviously come in there, and I think he's paid around 180 million, something like that, for 27 percent stake. Uh, apparently, we're led to believe it's more going to take out club debt, which would be great anyway, but. We do hope, I believe it's going to lead to a full takeover eventually when this clause of the owners having to pay back the taxpayers a bit of money before 2023. Um, hopefully it might lead to a bit of investment in January as well, especially if we're still roughly in this position, it could, it could kick us on again. Uh, and David Sullivan actually sold some of his um, stake as well. So he's now down to 38%, I think. Kratinsky's bought 27 and David Gold's actually at 25. So Kratinsky's now the second biggest stakeholder in the club. And Declan Rice, for anyone that didn't know, he has withdrawn from the England squad uh, due to illness. I think I haven't heard anything else on it. It just seems to be literally an illness. He couldn't train. So what's the point of being there? Guide for Declan Rice because obviously we know what it means to any footballer to be representing their country. But all round for us a good thing. It's going to give him a two-week, like, I know he's a bit ill, but it'll give him a good two-week break just from football. Hopefully chill out, relax, get yourself back ready for Wolves. And uh, go again for the, what's coming up, a busy, busy period in, the, in West Ham United's near future. So, that's just a little bit of news. Alfie, I'm going to come on to you now. Um, I asked you before if you could name us a seven-a-side team of your, not necessarily the best West Ham team you've seen, but your most favourite players. If you want to include someone like Hayden Mullins, that's absolutely fine. Um, right. Yeah, I'm just getting um, my phone up because I've typed. i just I've typed it up. So. Yeah, no, good man. But um, I'm sure Russell will give you a few ideas as well. Oh, actually, after this as well, I've got a question for you two about goalkeepers. But um, <laughs> for now, we'll, uh, we'll get on to your team, Alfie. So over to you. All right, so... Yeah, just to go up, I'm 22. And the first season I kind of remember watching was the Great Escape season. Oh, so I-5 or 6. That was the first season I remember, properly remember watching West Ham. Because I had season, season ticket, that first ever season ticket. So, keeper, it was a toss-up between two. Uh, Fabianski oh. was one. He, because I, li- I like, before Russ does that, <laughs> just this season, this season I've questioned him, but... Since he signed you, I think he's been unbelievable and he's been a great servant. But I've gone for Rob Green in goal. I think harsh, harshly done him by that one moment against the USA, but I, I really loved him. I thought he was yeah. class for us. Um, yeah, and what he did in the championship season where he wanted to get us back promoted when he could have left. Um, on two defenders, I've gone James Tompkins. Um, just had a bit of a personal... Like liking to him, always loved him, and I've gone for Ogbonna as my other centre half. 
a defender. Okay. Yeah, all right. Um, I thought first first year Ogbonna maybe wasn't the greatest, but last 18 months, two years, he's been probably the best centre-half I've seen at West Ham so far. Obviously, Zuma hasn't had time, so I can't really put him in the conversation. Uh, yeah. two, two midfielders, Scott Parker, because I thought he was ridiculously good. Um, obviously, one nearly got one Premier League player of the year the year we got relegated. Um, or writers player of the year. And I've gone Declan Rice, actually. So I've actually gone current with this one. Yeah. Um, two strikers, Carlton Cole, just because I think he's a hero <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> everyone <laughs> loves him. And then Carlos Tevez is the other striker. Yes. Ooh. Love that team. Now, do you know what? The one that pops up all the time is Scott Parker. Legend. And, yeah, but, well, for, I know, I know, obviously, I know what he done for the club and all, all things like that. And, but at the time, I didn't have, um, I had to get rid of my season ticket because I was on the knowledge. So, um, it was either go West Ham or play football. And at the time, I was only like 19, 20, bloody whatever. So, I chose to play football. But, I'm really gay. I never got because so many people put him in their team, and like my team was full of people I'd I'd seen play. Um, Aidan Mullins, legend, mate, baller, <laughs> up there, up there with Scott Parker. He's just a B Tech Cole Fletcher. <laughs> Listen, better than Cole Fle- uh, Fletcher. No, but seriously, so many people say that um, about Scotty Parker, mm. and. Uh, yeah, like I say, like you went, you said he, he got his award and that plan for West Ham, and he got relegated. Like he, he, he was brilliant. That's a, that's a good choice. But um, roll off your team again for us, uh, Boris. Okay, so Rob Green, yeah, Tompkins, Ogbonna, Scott Parker, Declan Rice, Carlton Cole, and Carlos Tevez. Proper, up to date, modern team. Um, yeah, who we, who we can all get on board with. Russell, any questionable? Players in now? Uh, yeah, Colton Cole. <laughs> you could have had the ca- you could have had the Canio. You could have had Dean Ashton, Colton Cole. Fair play to you though, mate. Though, I, 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 I never saw the Canio. Did you not? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. What about Dean Ashton? Surely you saw him. That would yeah, have been... I, saw, I saw Dean Ashton, but I don't know. I just, just Colton Cole. I loved him. Just. Mate, fair, fair, fair play to you. That is what the seven-a-side team is about. It's not necessarily the best team. It's about your favourite players. Yeah, I'm saying, if we're going on best, it would have been Dean Ashton, but... Oh, if Carl Cole's one of your favourites, that's what we want to hear. So, yeah. Yeah, no, Alfie, love it, mate. Really good team. Um, so, I'm good. Uh, glad you've got that out there. Right, quick one before, as we're coming towards the end of the show. You two, you met before you was on the podcast and you didn't know it. Surprise, surprise. You had an argument. <laughs> <laughs> you had an argument on Twitter about Ariola and Fabianski. Now, Alfie, we've also had an argument over this because I'm... Listen, they're both brilliant goalkeepers. They are. But Fabianski's our number one. He's done nothing, in my opinion, to deserve to not be number one. But I know you think that Ariola should be number one. Do you still think that way? Um... Well, yeah, obviously, it's, but Fabianski has been unbelievable for the last few years. And for us, he's been, I think he's been about to be the best keeper I've seen for West Ham anyway. Um, but I think at his age, is starting to get to him a little bit now. Um, I was just starting to see a couple of mistakes. And I think his distribution's a big thing in football now. And I think that is somewhere Ariola does is better than Fabianski in. I think his distribution's a bit better. 
and command in his box. Although Fabianski has shown that a bit more recently as well. Um, but yeah, I've just seen a couple of mistakes in Fabianski this season that um, just got me a bit worried. So right now, against Wolves, along with um, Zuma and Dawson, who, who, who would you put in goal? I would go Fabianski purely because he has been the one that has been our Premier League goal. He's been playing more regularly. But that's changed, right? Because a few weeks ago, you would have dropped him. I would have had Ariola in, yeah. After a I mean, I'll, I would just say, just for reference, a bit or a bit of context that this conversation we had was probably about a month ago. So a lot has happened since then, and obviously four wins. But um, yeah, so sorry. So against Wolves, you're now sticking with Fabianski. Yeah, just because more game time. But I think when uh, in Ariola's defence, he has whenever he's come in, he has done very well. I thought against City, he was he was really yeah. good, unbelievable. Yeah. Kept us in that. Um, but yeah, I think it's the first time in since I've been a West Ham fan, where I don't mind which keeper we have in goal. And if one of them's injured, then that's not a big deal anymore. But like before, when we had Fabianski got injured, we are all bricking it because we didn't have a decent keeper to come in. Like, we are all really worried because we had, all we had was Roberto or Dave Martin. Dave Martin, legend. Hey, that's that one Dave, game. Dave Martin is another legend. I, I expect him to be in someone's seven-a-side team one day. Um, it, mm. but I'll let you come in on this in, in a minute. I just want to say... About Fabianski, like Alfie, I think what you said were you, you said that really well there. With Fabianski, for me, I think this year it's been extra tough as well. To so for a goalkeeper, Russ, you'll know more about this. Like you've played at half decent level um for semi-prime, whatever, on a on a Saturday and that. So as a goalkeeper, you are literally every mistake is highlighted. So you've always got to be on it. And Alfie, I feel like that's what you've done with Fabianski. Because we've got Ariola in the back, it's easy to just go... Like, he could have done better on some goals, I agree. But that doesn't necessarily mean, right, drop him. He, he, like, he'd done nothing that was drastic. So for Fabianski to go into the Premier League season as number one and then to show his form that he has done and then to even improve on that form, I think shows the character within Fabianski as well, because I, I, for me, goalkeeper is the hardest position on the pitch. And when you're up front, you can give the ball away and no one gives a shit. If you do that in goal, you, everyone's all over you. Uh, so for me, that's why I think Fabianski's deserved to stay in goal and why I think he's been just as good because he's been under pressure since day one. And like that save he made against uh, Villa was just, uh, I think, at the, the, the tip of his form at the minute. I, he, it was brilliant. But, Russell, I'll let you have your say on this because obviously you're the, you're the goalkeeper of us. So, what do you Mate, think on the twos competition? It's healthy. You've got, what more could you want as a club that's aspiring to get into the Champions League than have two number one goalkeepers battling it out? Let's be honest, Ariola's not a number two. Fabianski's not a number two. They're two number ones competing for one position and it's healthy to have. You have it all over the pitch with Johnson, Kufel, Cresswell, Masuaku. Um, we're not going to compare it with Declan Rice because he has no competition. He just starts every week. But that <laughs> yeah. front that front three, I mean, you've got Bowen, uh, Fornells and Ben Rama, but you've also got Sniffing at their heels. Yarmolenko could still play a bit. He's not... But he's sorry, still a decent... sorry, sorry. Sniffing at the heels? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's trying to get in the squad, isn't he? Um, I was, I was laughing more the fact that Yarmolenko was the first name. Uh, Lanzini, uh, do you know people like that that could Wait, come in? Can I just go back to the sniffing at their heels? What, what did you mean to say? 
Well, he, he wants that shirt, so he's, he's after him, isn't he? Sniffing at the real sunshine. All right, go on, go on, sorry. But no, um, I think like when I spoke to when me and Alfie had that row before, I think it was Ariola's first game um, against Man United. And Alfie, that shot definitely hit the bar, mate. It didn't. Yeah, it just, he, didn't say he, said it. he tipped it onto the bar. We'll go over this, and I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll drag up that little clip of the uh, match report again. I, <laughs> um, I think the thing is, Ariola was bought in, and he's going to be on. I think we'll sign him, and he'll be the number one eventually. But at the minute, Fabianski's earned his right. I mean, I don't know if you saw. I had a, I had a stonking row with my little brother on a, on Twitter at the weekend. He um he put on there Fabianski's positioning for both goals, and I went, which one, the worldy free kick or the I'll worldy finish into the, the bottom corner? One. And straight away, I thought, <laughs> no, there's nothing anywhere. That free kick was unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, was saying, I was like, I, I, I've said before that I, I wanted Ariola in, but in to be fair, I've seen saw loads of people on Twitter saying that Fabianski. He didn't move. I was like, even if he did, he was getting nowhere near it. It was a world game. And, and, and Russ, I don't know about you, but for me, like that, you, your wall's there, you cover this part of the goal. If someone manages to get it over a wall from there and in the back of that net, it's a weldy free kick. And from yeah. that's exactly what I saw. Because oh. if Fabianski goes that way and he whips it in Fabianski's corner, then everyone's going, oh, why has he moved that way? So you can't, he, he can't bloody win. I think I think it's one of them, mate. When you get a new goalkeeper and a new sign, it's like getting a new toy at Christmas, isn't it? You you just want it. You just You're want to play of it nonstop. Podcast. <laughs> no, no. I was Lily, Lily said exactly it. Exactly how he explains it. Exactly how he explains it. Yeah. He's absolutely spot on, and what a world league. Mm. Who knew it'd come from a centre midfielder and not a keeper? Hey. <laughs> uh, so he, Russ, go going into the Wolves game as well. I think obviously we we know where you're going with that. So who who would you? Put in between the sticks, then well, it's, obvious, it's obvious, isn't it? I'll go David Martin. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> no, Fabianski, mate, all day long. Um, he, yeah. he's, I think Ariola's the cup keeper, and I hopefully we don't get Fab. Fab has a around Christmas in January, he tends to get pick up a little injury or a niggle. So I hope that don't uh, that don't happen this time. But it's if it happens, we've got a brilliant goalkeeper to come in, and let's be fair. Ariola's been classed whenever he's been called upon. So he was a player of the round in the uh, player of the round in the Carabao Cup, weren't yeah. he? So yeah, the city game, yeah. Yeah, and he was he was magnificent that day. That was one of the best goalkeeping performances I've seen in a long time. But like you said, Sam, that save against Villa from Fabianski was massive because we just literally that was such a key point in the game. If they got yeah. a goal back then, it was it sick was for him. Do you remember last year when we you first started the pods and we were talking about Fabianski's form and I was saying that the actual when you look at key moments in games, Fabianski is pulling off big saves at key times. When we beat Leicester 3-2 at home, made that double save from Pereira. And even this year at points, I know there was that massive thing to say, well, he's letting eight goals out of the 13 shots he's faced. But like, you look at all that. Yeah, and like, but you think you think of that and then you think, well, if you look back at all them goals, could he have saved any of them goals? No, it, it, yeah. was, it was one of them. It was it, it it happens as a goalkeeper. It's not their fault. It's just one of the... It happens. Sometimes you can't do bugger all about any of the goals, but you've just got to be there and perform when you need to. And he's he's done that. Whenever he's been called upon, he's done well, but so is Ariola. It's just one of them things. It's, yeah, right. But that, that's what you want. Um, 
bit off subject that uh, something's just flashed up on uh, flashed up on the iPad earlier. That I forgot to mention when we were talking about centre halves and when we said about signing someone, um, someone Moyes went in for is out of contract next summer. Um, Tarkowski. Okay. He's contract up and he's not signing a new contract at Burnley. So technically in January, he's got six months left on his contract. That could be something that they could well revisit um, because I was looking at it and thinking, well, actually, if there was any point you were going to sign him, if you're willing to pay 30, 35 million for him last summer, he could be uh, available at a snip of that. Surely you'd go. No, the only thing it. I think with that is Burnley are in such a situation at the minute they're probably still going to want similar money because it, it could be between letting him go and survival for them. Yeah. So I'd think they'd rather let him go for free in, in the summer rather than taking any sort of money because of the could, position they're in. Could well happen. Off, off subject, I know it just popped up into my head and I was meant to say it earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We're, we're, we're um, always here for a little bit of conversation. But boys, right, listen, we've been going for a bit of time now, yeah. So I want to say thank you to both of you for coming on. Alfie, first appearance. You should come back for another one. Russell, resident goalkeeper. Safe fans. And uh, we'll see everyone next week. Thanks to everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore bowling boys. And if you have any questions or want to be a guest on future shows, don't hesitate to DM us. We've been the Bowling Boys. You've been great. See you next time.